Hi, this is Jeff Stone of Grandpa's Pride Barbecue from the Panhandle of Florida, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How is long? <laughs> you have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet before we nursed. Listen, Laverne, he has I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard here to the Barbecue Central Show. That's right. We talk about live fire barbecue and grilling things. It's a live fire fun and frivolity show. Hey, look at this. Doug Johnston used Oklahoma Joe's smoker this weekend. How about you? How do you like that, Doug? Is that a pre-sale Oklahoma Joe or is that a post-sale Oklahoma Joe? If you have one with the number stenciled in, you've got a keeper. Or... Joe will buy it from you. Did he say he had a dozen or 20? He made those cookers, bought those cookers back. That's great. I love that. Still to come on the show this evening, Sam, the cooking guy, and Mitch Benjamin. That's right, of Meet Mitch. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and Snapchat, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch, slash RD Rempe on YouTube for video feeds. Don't forget, you can also get an ad-free podcast feed, if you so desire, by becoming a patron over on the new Barbecue Central Show Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Show. Also, if you are an Apple Podcast user, you can get the ad-free show feed by subscribing directly within the podcast app there on Apple Podcast for a small monthly fee, or you can do neither and continue to get the feed as is and enjoy at your leisure. Just one would be ad-free. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less this coming Friday, episode 184, taking you back to June 28th, 2016. What could be going on then? How about this being featured on this coming show this Friday? Fellow by the name of Tim McKeska. Does that name ring a bell? Does anybody know who Tim McKeska is? Well, you should because Tim McKeska is from McKeska Brand Sausage, widely known as the first family of barbecue. And within the minutes, of this particular episode, Tim talks about his family's long history in the barbecue industry, how they all came over from, oh, what uh, what was the name of it? I'm not going to remember. They came over from, oh, well, I can't remember now. I just listened to it earlier, too, just to check. There was a name, and then it's uh, now f- whatever it is today, the... Uh, Whatever. I can't remember. 
but they came over as butchers and uh, farmers, made sausage, taught Tim the trade, and uh, so you talk about Tim's long family history in the barbecue industry, how McKeska Brands has grown over time. If you have ever had sausage in a barbecue restaurant outside of Texas especially, there's a really good chance, whether you knew it or not, that you were eating McKeska brand sausage. For instance, there was a barbecue restaurant on the west side here of Cleveland when it opened, and then for many years after it had been opened that was serving McKeska brand sausage. They were using the jalapeno cheddar. They were using the traditional hot links. And they sold them as blankety-blank sausage, their own brand. Uh, McKeska really big on private labeling. Uh, they also sell McKeska brand on their own. But if you are somebody that wants to have a sausage to sell, but you don't want to go into making a recipe or doing any of that other stuff, or even better, if you want to sell a sausage recipe that works and you know that people like it, then private labeling is something that you would want to check out. And McKeska is somebody that does a tremendous amount of private labeling. So if you have a food truck or a barbecue restaurant, or you just have some restaurant you want Texas-based sausage, then I would highly recommend going over to uh, Tim McKeska's website, McKeska Brand Sausage, and hooking up a deal with them. Uh, Tim is a pilot. He flies sausage around daily, or at least he was back then. So it's a great interview. Uh, plus, it's a great long-form interview, too. So not only are you getting you know eight or nine minutes that John's put together for you, but if you go back and listen to the whole segment because the whole show is linked in the show notes, it's worth the listen. It's great. Don't forget, you can email John if you would like to hear a specific guest or segment on the show that you have heard in the past. Send him an email, john at thebbqcentralshow.com. That's J-O-N, john at thebbqcentralshow.com. And then there's this. Uh -oh. I'm here to tell you, gang, if you go to a fast food restaurant and order a spicy chicken sando, and it turns out that it's spicy or there ends up being a lot of hot sauce on it, who should you blame? This is a question I'm asking you. This isn't rhetorical. I'm seriously asking you. If you go order a spicy chicken sandwich and what you get is spicy and or has a lot of hot sauce on it, who's at fault? Well, I'm here to tell you that a pair of Memphis, Tennessee teenagers are blaming Burger King. Damn you, Burger King! That's right. In the beginning of June, as the story is just unfolding, a young lady went into her BK of choice and ordered a hot chicken sando, left, came back with a male pal in tow, and then burnt some hot caps into the BK parking lot, hitting a few patrons standing around and workers. When asked for comment, they said they shot at the BK parking lot because the spicy chicken sandwich they ordered had too much hot sauce on it. Too much sauce. They ordered the chicken sandwich hot, the amount of hot sauce, that was over the top. Can't handle it. So this young lady did what every other male or female would do when positioned with her situation. Order chicken sandwich, 
Chicken sandwich comes out hot, has too much hot sauce. I'm going to ingest it. I'm going to push it down. I'm going to internalize it. I'm going to get my car, drive away, and then realize the only way I'm going to get around this is to pick up my boyfriend or male pal, stick him in the car, and we're going to go back to that Burger King with my loaded gun. We're going to go take some shots into the parking lot. We're going to voice our concern at the amount of hot sauce that was on this sandwich. It was too much. The amount of hot sauce on that chicken sandwich creates violence, incites reckless discharging of weapons into that Nashville, Tennessee. Is it Nashville? Now I got to scroll up on the story. Memphis causes one to unlawfully discharge a weapon in a Memphis, Tennessee parking lot, hitting various workers and or patrons that had nothing to do with putting too much sauce. By the way, it's subjective, I think. Did you not look at the sandwich? The first thing that I do whenever I go into a fast food joint because on the television, it's showing you all sorts of sexiness put together with delicate care. Like people really put in a lot of effort and pride in what you see on television. And then you show up at the restaurant, wherever the hell it is you live, order the same thing. And it looks hastily put together at best. At best, it looks hastily put together. So I'm always looking because I don't know if I'm going to find a sock or something worse in my sandwich. Or even if it was put together right in the first place. I mean, we all know there's no way I'm looking for onions on anything I order. A lot of burger places put onions to start with. I'm always no onions. It's rare that I go to fast food. But if I do, no onions. So I'm always looking for those. By the way, this may or may not shock you. This is only the latest in a series of violent incidents taking place at food and drink chains. This past Sunday, for instance, a Florida man was accused of pulling a gun on a Starbucks employee who turned out to be the employee, the local police chief's daughter. Over what? For not having cream cheese for his bagel. Of course. Because if too much hot sauce is okay to unload a pistol into the BK parking lot in Memphis. Not having cream cheese for a bagel at Starbucks is at least worth a brandish of a weapon. Too bad you brandished the weapon in front of the police chief's daughter. Hopefully this person was just detained and not taken out to the woodshed, depending on where this was in Florida. Hopefully not central Florida. There could have been a woodshed involved. What have we learned here tonight, folks? Having too much hot sauce on your chicken sandwich is really not okay to fire shots into the parking lot at whatever BK you visit. Also, if you order a bagel at Starbucks and they don't have cream cheese, you know, ask ahead of time. Do you have cream cheese? No. Okay, I'll leave peacefully. Otherwise, I'm going to show you my gun. We don't want that. We want peace and love, peace and love. Peace and love, peace and love. That's right. Good night. Sam the Cooking Guy 
hopefully, will be showing up. Hey, if the folks from Vortic are still watching as we talk about the Green Mountain Grill slash Traeger debate, let me change my answer. Forget Green Mountain Grill. Buy a Primo cooker. Why, you might ask? Great question. First of all, it's got a great design. It's not round, although you can get a round one. Not round. It's oval. What does this mean? You can create true two-zone cook. That's right. Coals on one side that are lit and ready to rock and roll. You can have an unlit side. You can put meat on the unlit side. Let it come up slowly as we're talking about reverse sear. Then when it gets to your set internal temperature that you like, you can slam it over on the coal side, sear it off, get it to that internal temp that you want, let it rest up, and away you go to eating on the Prima. Low and slow, hot and fast. Made right here in the USA, precision-controlled manufacturing, highest quality ceramics you're going to find in any ceramic cooker, no matter where you go. It's the it's the best day to fight. Here's a product update for you. Do you have an old Primo? Do you find that you have to do a small workout in order to stay in shape to order that li- uh, grill head? Don't worry. Now they have a new lift hinge. It now makes a 35-pound lift an 8-pound lift, and you love it. They also have new dampers on the top and the bottom. So instead of somebody saying, ah, pencil width open or two pencil widths open, you can now say, open it to number one or open it to number four. Easy stuff. By the way, if you have an older Primo, don't feel left out in the cold. You can get all these updates at the dealer nearest you. Visit them online, primogrill.com. You can visit them on Instagram, Primo Ceramic Grill. You can visit them on the Facebooks, Primo Ceramic Grills. A host of places to go. A dealer network to explore. You know you want to do it. Primogrill.com. Visit them now. All right. Sam the Cooking Guy will be joining me here in just a momento. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in two sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you're a beginner or professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. You can also buy their new cutting board that they're selling, the end grain cooking board. You can find it right there on pitbarrelcooker.com as well. The second hour in the first Tuesday of the month can only bring a visit from the hottest YouTube star there is. Cooking-wise, Sam the Cooking Guy. Hey, Sam. Greg Rempe, what's up? I am excited to talk to you this evening on a number of topics. Uh, I don't know if you listened oh. to the first hour, but I had Hall of Famer and Really, barbecue icon. You ever heard of a brand called Oklahoma Joe's? Absolutely. I had Oklahoma Joe, Joe Davidson, on for the very first time, if you can believe it. Did you, I, I, was, I, I just got home. I did not listen, but now I will. I have to, to say, the replay, of course. over your left shoulder is one of the most spectacular. Is that a, what do you call those pictures? Uh, mi- mixed tiles. Yes. Are those um, mixed tiles? It's wow. a mixed tile wall. God, the, 
mix tiles are the best. When I had a real studio with walls, I had yeah. my uh, famous people I've met in barbecue in person, which is limited because I go nowhere. But I did have like 15, and most of them were taken at one event that I went to in Texas a couple of years ago. But they're the best. I love those things. No, they're great. They they stick up. They come off. Uh, they're great people, too. Anytime we've had a, even a minor issue, we'll resend it. We'll do this. Here's your money back. They're just, I mean, honestly, I wish all companies were as, uh, as, as um, customer-focused as mixed tiles are. I cannot give them a high enough recommendation. I really can't. Totally agree. And uh, maybe we'll talk about other related businesses that could take lessons here in a second, like perhaps the Xylus garlic press update, if there is one. But look, mm. let's start here. Mm. Go ahead. And talk about something that you have been really burning on for some time now. And I don't know if folks really know this or if they're really avid watchers of your show. I'm sure they have a hint of what I'm going to be getting at here, Sam. But you are a champion of the people. You fight for the little guy or gal. And there has I been a specific item that you have been <laughs> trying to correct for months at your local grocery store's meat counter. So if you don't mind giving us the high-level backstory no, and mind. where you are in resolution of this matter, I think it's great. So it used to be called Vaughn's. It'll be meaningless to, I think, people much further east than, I don't know, uh, maybe Arizona. It doesn't really matter. It's a big chain. Safeway. Everybody knows Safeway? Yeah. Safeway, Part Giant Eagle, Tops, exactly. Kroger, Okay, no, 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 no. I'm saying Safeway is the parent of this, Vaughn's. Oh, okay. It's a big supermarket chain. Uh, so they redo the store. It goes from a Vaughn's to a Pavilions, which is their higher level store. Bigger variety, better selection of whatever. Uh, yes, way more expensive, but they got some crazy wine, whatever. It's whatever. So they do this big remodel. The the meat counter, which is also seafood counter, goes from like this to this. It's huge. It's huge now. But there's no way to let anybody know you're standing there because there's no bell and there's no window. And there's, so there's obviously nobody up. just standing outside no, so the general public can see. they're doing all them. their work, all their work in the back. So I, I uh, go there and I need something and I wait like 10 seconds, maybe 15. It's not that I'm impatient, but I got shit to do. I'm on a schedule. I want to get my stuff done and uh, nobody shows up. So I go in the back. I kick the door open with my foot because it's probably got meat juices all over it. And, and, and all the guys are in there in their white coats cutting meat. And I go, uh, could I get some help? They're like, sure, no problem. Like this is a regular everyday occurrence for them. Out they come, I get my stuff, and I go away. So that's me, and I'm okay doing that. But I walk by one day, this is maybe eight, eight, nine, ten months ago, and there's a sweet little, I assume sweet little elderly woman standing there. And I know the I know the the move. And I say to her, How long have you been here waiting? And she goes, Five minutes. I go, Is somebody getting you something? She goes, No, nobody's shown up. I go, I'll get you somebody. Same move. I go kick the door open like John Wayne. I go, somebody needs help out here. They go okay. It's like it's like no big deal to them. Okay, sure, I'm on it. Obviously. And they're all like friendly. So now I'm in the store, and um, a couple months ago, and there's a group of executive types. They got the the white shirts, the ties, name tags, no jackets, 
And I walk up and I go, you guys look like you're important. Can I uh, ask for some help with something? Oh, of course. What can we do for you? And I explain the problem. And the, and, and the, 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 one of the guys, clearly the boss of these guys, it's like, well, you know what? Uh, you know, we really want to be forward facing with our customers and blah, blah, blah. And we'll think about it. And I go, forward facing implies that you're facing your customer. You can't see your customer and nobody's there to help them. Well, it's this and this. And I go, it sounds like nobody wants to do this. He goes, no, no, no. We'll, we'll look into it. A couple weeks go by. I forgot to mention that, that maybe six months before this, I say to a guy helping me one day, can I make a suggestion? He goes, yeah. I go, why don't you get a bell? He goes, uh, they don't want it. I go, who doesn't want it? He goes like this. They don't want it. Hmm. I assume he means the meat bosses in the back. Yeah, man. This guy was not a sort. meat. Yeah. This guy was not a meat cutter. He was a service, a deli, a service counter guy. And I go, they don't want it. Why wouldn't they want it? And I can only imagine they don't want it because they don't want to be bugged. <laughs> but let me tell you something. If people aren't buying your fucking meat, you won't be there to be bugged. Right. So, so now, uh, now I, I have this conversation with this group of, uh, of uh, executives. A couple weeks later, now it's really starting to chat my hide. So I'm, we're shooting a, an episode one day for YouTube. And I, I discuss the problem. And I tell what had happened. And then a week later, I talk about it again. So two weeks ago, I, I walk in the store and the... Uh, the manager comes up to me and he goes, uh, hey, can I ask you something? I go, sure. He goes, can we call a truce? I go, I go, what do you mean a truce? He goes, a truce from you talking, you know, what you've been saying about the meat and the Nobel and the counter, whatever. And I go, I'm only saying that because it's a legitimate issue in my mind <laughs> that nobody's doing anything about. And I want you to understand, it's not about me. I don't need to push a bell. I know how to get your guys' attention. Whether they like it or not, I know how to get their attention. He goes, look, we're working on it. I go, are you really? And he's a really nice guy. And so I'm being a little bit of a dick. I go, are you really? He goes, look, it's a bigger a bigger problem than just putting a bell. I go, I could probably go down like aisle seven where you sell brooms and shoe polish. Pretty certain there's some kind of bell there. He goes, look, it's kind of a company-wide thing. I go, see, this is when I become an asshole. I go, company-wide to ignore the customers? He goes, no. When we've redone these stores, there's been a window between the meat section and the back and the counter. Yeah. So you can see something. I was going to ask you about that. He goes, it didn't happen in this store. Oh. I go, so that means there's never going to be a way to help people. And, and by the way, even if there is a bell, unless you're looking up, and I'm thinking when you're cutting meat, you're looking down, unless you're looking up every two seconds, I mean, what's the point? Right. So he goes, he goes, I'm working on it. I go, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll give you, a, we'll go with your truce for a month. But if nothing happens, I'll be honest, I'm going to keep talking about it. By the way, I had gone online, found their customer service nonsense, emailed them, told them the problem. Do you know what they said? Nothing, because they never wrote back. Really? Yeah. Is it now, in between, in, in between all this, a handful of uh, viewers <laughs> have sent me copies of them reaching out to the pavilions, sales help, whatever online stuff, with a customer service stuff, saying, oh, we don't understand why this guy's talking about it, why you guys won't do anything about it. So last week, I walk into the store, I'm getting something, 
and I hear in my ear somebody go, not one, but two. And I look, and it's him. And I realize what he's talking about. And I immediately look at the counter. There's two push-button for <laughs> service things. Really? Look at this guy winning at life. Championing Mark the people, Combs. you know? Mark Combs. He's now a hero. The uh, The episode... Uh, it was the steak yesterday's episode. episode. Yeah, the steak episode. The, yesterday's episode. Yeah, the Thai peanut steak. Yeah. Yesterday's episode. Uh, I mentioned this. I called him a a good guy, and the comments underneath the description were like, "This guy's great. You know, he should be this. He should be that." He was getting in trouble from his bosses because of this issue. I go because of me talking about. It. He goes, "Well, a little bit." I go. You shouldn't be getting in trouble. They should be getting in trouble yeah, for not putting this bell in. I don't understand where this guy wouldn't have just said, okay, I'm going to go get the old-timey stainless steel bell and plop it on there. Or maybe go a little 2021 tech and get the wireless doorbell thing to plug into the meat cutting room and then leave the plunger is. out there. And that way That's it sounds back there. I mean, how easy is that? And is he really getting in trouble? Is this a thing where it, this is the higher level market and it's just above somebody was, to ding he, a bell? He, no, I think he was getting in trouble because I was talking about it and the boss's expectation was, I, I, I'm surmising this. I, I don't know this for sure. But I think that he was getting in trouble for not handling me. Not squashing the complainer. How could you? How could he possibly squash somebody that has almost three million YouTube subscribers? I mean, even even if five percent decided to take up arms and stuff an inbox, they're going to be screwed. It's crazy. How can he quell it's just, you? It's nonsense. But look, it's so hard to gain custom. Look, one of the things you do you watch Shark Tank. Of course, it's I business. love Shark Tank. One of the things they ask, what what is your customer acquisition cost? I don't know what it costs Safeway to get a customer in the store to become a regular, but why would you not try to keep them by doing everything you can? And that seems it is beyond me, Greg. That seems I have such no a, idea. like a that seems such an easy fix and such an easy and, loop and to and close. The fact that, and it took the months fact that when months the fact that it, that that one of those executives gave me the verbal runaround trying to say well you know we want to do this and we want to do this and this isn't real i'm like it's just a simple yes or no do you want your customers to get help or do you not i get worked up but what it showed me was the power of YouTube. That's right. The power of the internet. You man. did it. Your celebrity and then the power of YouTube harnessed together. What does that get? World peace? No. <laughs> does that get a one world currency? No. No. Does it get you a bell? Not one, but two at the meat counter? <laughs> yes. Yes. yes Actually got me. I got to somebody. I got a package the other day. I opened it up and there was one of those. Ding, 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 ding. Did you watch Breaking Bad? <laughs> no. Oh, you should have. It's really, you I should apologize. go back and watch it. Anyway, there's a, there's a guy in a wheelchair. He's a, he's was a bad guy. He can't, he's in an old uh, senior home and he can't talk anymore, 
but when he needs attention, he's just got this little ding, 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 like that classic old school little silver stainless bell yeah. on his wheelchair that he starts banging on. <laughs> One of those came in the mail the other day, and the guy goes, watched your rant about the supermarket, thought maybe you could just take this into them. <laughs> <laughs> See, people are trying to help you get to resolution. Everybody, I mean, this is great. Nobody understands. Uh, everybody the, sees how easy the fix is, and the people the that can make it happen are just hurtling. freaking customer Unreal. service. Unreal. Two of the most important words any company can understand. These guys somehow, eh, nothing. No, that's it. I used to shoot there. I used to, back in when I had the TV show, we would go, we would start in some of the episodes, maybe one every couple of months, in that store, getting groceries. I go, today we're going to make this. Yeah, walk down the aisle, I'd grab this, I'd grab this. All right, uh, we'll see you back at the house after I pay for this, right? It was great. So I go in there one day. The manager has now been switched out, uh. and, and I'm I'm down an aisle. The guy's got the camera way before Max, and we're shooting. And I, I somebody comes up and goes, "Excuse me," I go, "Yeah, it's the manager." He <laughs> goes, um, uh, so, uh, "A woman from corporate is on the phone for you." <laughs> I go, "What woman from corporate? How does she even know that I'm here?" He goes, uh, so I get the phone. She's like, hi, this is a, you know, whatever. Susan Smith and the, I'm in the marketing, whatever, PR, HR, who knows. Loss prevent. I don't know what department she was in. The pain in the ass department. Yeah. Can I ask what you're doing in the store? I go, sure. I'm shopping. I have a, a cooking show. Uh, you know, we come in, we get stuff, we go home. Oh, well, we can't have that. So of course I'm a dick. You you can't have the free advertising that I'm doing because I don't ask for anything. I don't ask for free stuff. I pay for my own stuff when I leave. Everything's above board. Well, we don't. I go. I'm not 60 minutes. I'm not morally safe or looking for you know out of date meat that you're trying to sell. Rats on the floor. Well, we just can't have this. I said, okay, great. I'll leave. Wow. And uh, and uh, the the manager, you know, like three months later, comes up. He goes, "This little mousy guy. Uh, if you know, uh, maybe there's a misunderstanding. If you want to come back and shoot in the store, it would be okay." I go, "I'm not coming back and shooting in the store no ever way. again. Never, ever again. Not when some person has no idea what's going on gets her gets all in a knot. <sighs> Unreal." Tim, let's change gears here and let's talk cooking just for day. a few minutes before we yeah. close up shop here in, in the short saying the cooking guys segment. Uh, we were talking, we referenced the steak and peanut sauce steak. Yeah. Uh, certainly so you've cooked steak. No reason to talk about that. You have a live fire cooking no. show, although you don't want to admit it. Yeah, yeah. And no, I admit proved, I say that. I don't describe you it. proved as it yes. expressly in your last episode. Talk about your experience doing Meathead's Afterburner steak cooking. <laughs> Talk about it. Okay, scared the shit out of me. Yeah. There were moments when seriously the flames were looking at my face. So here's the concept if you don't understand or if you don't know. You, you take the uh, those chimneys, charcoal briquette chimneys. You fill it up. You get them going. When they're white hot at the top, you put a rack on top of it and the steak right on top of the rack. It's literally like, it's not literally, it's like cooking a steak on a jet engine. If the jet engine shot flames, you know, uh, vertically straight up. I was going for char. That was the whole point. 
I wanted an amazing char on it. So I wanted it as close to as much heat as possible. The second that Max suggested we do this peanut sauce thing with steak, a really good crusty charred up steak was, was front and center in my mind. But I had two of them. I had two steaks and not quite enough room on the top of the, the, the chimney to do both. I got two big wide ribeyes. So I had two of the chimneys, flaming hot, rack on top, steaks on top, little oil, salt, and pepper. That was it. Could you have gotten away was, with half the amount of charcoal in each chimney and been okay, do you think? Or would have not given you the uh, best I, result? In my mind, I wanted, and I'm not meathead. I've not cooked 18,000 steaks or whatever, you know, maybe 18 million, who knows whatever he's done. I wanted the steaks as close to the charcoals as possible yes. without sitting on them, which we did a month or so ago. Caveman. Caveman style. I, I wanted to see what that was like. But I, in my mind, I needed the, the coals like almost right to the top of that chimney. So I should have actually put a few more in so around it off the top because, you know, they do get, they shrink and they burn down and right, they right. get a little smaller. But I, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. It may be so concentrated because it's coming straight up that tube that you don't lose any heat. It could have been fine. It was the best thing ever. It was so delicious. And if you look at the picture, you see the char, you taste the char, you get that texture. And I know there's going to be people that will look at that, probably nobody in your audience, but but layman's will look at that and they'll say, well, that's burnt and you're probably getting cancer from eating that's the, <laughs> the char on top. And it was not cooked to 100 and, uh, you know, 59 degrees. So you're going to die because it wasn't cooked enough and get whatever kind of. But it was honestly one of the best steaks I've had in a really long time. Could this be a go-to cooking method? I think so. I, I think I'd like to refine it a little bit. Um, like a little. The Japanese do yakitori in yep, these small yep, yep. containers, right? I think I'd like to like to refine it a bit so that it was in something like that. Because the other problem was I had it on my grill and cooking a steak on your grill at that level, whatever that is, 32 inches, 30 inches, is comfortable. But now add a foot to that. Right. And now you're almost you're almost at eye level, a little lower. But now the heat is coming there, the smoke is coming right in your face. Not the brightest thing ever. I don't think I would condone that behavior. I, I think if you really want that, go caveman style and dump all the coals out and put the steak right on top of it. But if you haven't done it, you should really try it. The difference between what the outside is like that way versus just on a grill, it's hard to believe. It's so fantastic. If you can't conceptualize it, go over to Sam's YouTube channel. Mm. 2.95 million of you are currently subscribed there and you can see it all happen Right there on the videotape, uh, the and you'll see uh, you'll see the uh, store director from the supermarket. That's right. I I ultimately Tied dedicated up. that episode to him. Well, I'm glad we got the bell thing worked out, and I'm glad mm -hmm. you got the afterburner method tried, and that it's a success. Again, for the folks that haven't seen it, go over to the YouTube channel and check it out, and try that uh, steak and peanut sauce. Sam, appreciate the time as always. I know we're short this month, but we will no, see you I again. I appreciate in the August. time. It's all good. You're the best. Thanks, pal. You're always the best. All right, okay, we'll talk bye. to you soon. See you, man. There he is. Sam the cooking guy right there.
TheCookingGuy.com, his website, of course. And as I had mentioned, just shy of 3 million of you subscribing to him on YouTube, watching his content three times a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Meet Mitch is in the green room right now. We'll get to him in just one second. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grill, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're in the market for one, you have a couple different ways to go. You have the Prime Line or Prime Plus, which is a little bit more of the high level. So what do you get with it? Get some uh, light in the main cooking chamber if you're cooking it dark. You have Wi-Fi technology, you have app integration, you have two internal meat pros, peaking windows on the main cooking chamber, pellet hopper, a lot of good stuff, robust build on the chassis, front shelf. If you want to save some money, you don't want to sacrifice size in either of the two options, the Jim Bowie or the Daniel Boone, you can go choice line, no apps, no internal meat probes, no windows, none of that other stuff. But this is the flagship initial product that Green Mountain Grill rolled out. I have two of those in various sizes. They still work great today. They're 10 years old or whatever they are at this point. So it really just depends on what you're looking for. They sell through dealer networks. So find one near you, go to the dealer, get educated, then buy the right one for you. If you get the Jim Bowie or the Daniel Boone, make sure you pick up the pizza oven because that fits on both. You want to get that. And then you have success right off the bat because you've been educated through a dealer network. The dealer is an expert. You will be an expert after the dealer gets done talking with you. And away you go. Go to GreenMountainGrill.com to find a dealer nearest you. You can also find rub sauces and other accessories the Green Mountain Grills offers right there on the website. Have them shipped to you directly or buy them at your dealer as well. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back with Mitch Benjamin right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion brought to you by Smithfield throughout the grilling season for recipes as well as tips and tricks from pitmasters like Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, and Charles Cridland. Visit smithfield.com or if you are a competitor and a committed cook, Go to smokinwithsmithfield.com and report your first place wins in shoulder and ribs over there. That's smokinwithsmithfield.com. Everything else over at smithfield.com. All right, closing the show tonight, a guy who first came on the show back in 2012, if you can believe it. If you love barbecue sauce and related barbecue products, you probably already know him or at least know the name. Over the years, he's become a force in the sauce business. Has also created a successful barbecue mail order business to boot. And as of today... He can add author to the items now checked off. Let's race to the hotline and welcome back the creator of Meet Mitch line of products, Mitch Benjamin, joining me. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Greg. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Fabulous. Appreciate you making time as always. And great to catch up with you here this evening. So before we get to the book, Mitch, can we get a little bit of a recap over the past few years? Not necessarily like last year, because that's probably a separate question. But over the last few years, the uh, last time we caught up with you, I think you were in France or you were just back from France doing a whole barbecue restaurant yeah. situation over there. But how has business grown for you here over the last, uh, well, I guess since the last time we visited back in 2019? Well, I mean, um, 
I guess that does take us to the pandemic for 2020, which was an odd year for all of us. And you really needed to kind of find your niche and your ability to maybe pivot pivot during that time. For me, uh, Charbar, which is a, you know, a big restaurant and a big percentage of our time was closed for a lot of that uh, period. So we're back fortunately up and running now, but uh, there's just been, you know, different things that, that I've been able to do and focus on. Um, You know, one of the things similar to what uh, you uh, do, Greg, is I've started to do a lot of Zoom and uh, um, online virtual events with companies um, and uh, really teach barbecue and just kind of keep it going. I've been working a ton with American Century Financials. Uh, they're based here in Kansas City where, you know, I was approached by a couple of guys that said, hey, Mitch, you know, during this pandemic, we're not able to make sales calls. We're doing a Zoom call month and, uh, you know, it's boring. And we were wondering if maybe you would do it with us. And so I said, sure, let's do it. And uh, so they would do about 10, 15 minutes of their uh, selling and uh, educating of their uh, products. And then I would do a half hour of barbecue. And during that time, you know, everyone's was home cooking. Uh, when I would talk to a lot of my major retailers, they would say the barbecue space was the the fastest growing segment of their business mm-hmm. with Traegers and Yetis and sauces and rubs. And so everyone was cooking. So we did a segment, you know, we'd, we'd start doing segments on barbecue, how to do uh, competition ribs, brisket, stuff like that. And it's just really taken off. And it's just been a unique uh, way to really stay uh, relevant in barbecue and to stay on top of my game and, and to be able to penetrate and, and reach new markets. So it's it's been quite the experience the last year. Specifically, did the barbecue mail order business go bonkers during the pandemic? It, it was it was huge. Yeah, it was huge. There were so many um, guys that would contact me with Excel spreadsheets with a list of 30, 35 customers that said, hey, Mitchie boy, can you send them all, you know, uh, uh, ribs? Can you send brisket? Can you send burn ends? Here's a note saying, you know, hang in during these tough, unprecedented times. Uh, miss you. I love you and all that kind of stuff. And and for me, it was, yeah, through the roof. I mean, I would say sales were probably up about 600%. Wow. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty good business chunk uh, yeah. on the rise there. So for the folks that don't know, how does a mail order barbecue business work? In other words, is the food being made at like your Charbar location or or some meat Mitch? Yeah, great um, question. Entity or are you contracting somebody? No, yeah, that's a great question. You actually have to cook in a USDA uh, certified uh, location. You can't do it in the in the restaurant. For instance, you're familiar with Jack Stack Barbecues, probably one of the the largest online. They had to go to a, a separate facility. They couldn't do it in their restaurants. It has to be an inspected facility with an inspector on site. So, yeah, for all intents and purposes, I have a. A uh, co-packer that um, I went and trained with for a week use, uses my sauces and rubs and my technique and then packages it. We take it to a fulfillment center and uh, away it goes. That's your name on there. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I know at least in my mind, yeah. I would be going bonkers thinking that I'm relinquishing <laughs> control over to, to somebody else to meet my standards. So what kind of a quality control do you put in place to make sure that the stuff is right being sent out time and time yeah. again. Well, uh, I mean, we do. And, and for thank you, because I know that you've ordered and paid your own hard 
hard earned well, money. That's good. For it. So that's so, good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So yeah. So we do we do consistent checks, and uh, you know we we feel really confident in the team that's producing our our products, and uh, they're just growing leaps and bounds along with us. So it's been a, an amazing experience. There's a number of folks out there, Mitch, who feel that they might be ready to bring a sauce to market. For instance, you have a lot of experience doing that. If you could give one piece of advice to everybody that thinks that they're ready to bring sauce, what's the one piece of advice you would tell them? Uh, just uh, continue to be dumb and naive because that's the only way that I made it through. <laughs> Otherwise, if I would have listened to all the naysayers, I would have been gone a long time ago. Um, it is a it's a saturated market. It's a tough market, but if you can find your, I think um, you know there's an opportunity for everyone. I'm, everybody's always going to eat, and and new tastes and and flavor profiles are always accepted and looked for. Um, you just got to be able to put up with uh, the buyers. You know, for a lot of these uh, chains or places that say. You know, if you've got a barbecue sauce and a salsa, please don't come into my door. You know, <laughs> because it is a tough business to crack. Let me tell you. Do you have to have a pretty good business acumen as well? I mean, certainly if you have a recipe or you're a good cook, that's maybe half or a little bit more than half of the pie. But you have to be able to put deals together too, right? Yeah. Well, I um, I mean, you know my background. I worked for TaylorMade Golf Company for 21 years, so I was constantly cutting deals and selling a product. It's a widget, right? So I kind of took the same tact with it and, and just tried to uh, come up with unique and maybe run some play b plays from, you know, my history. And, uh, but uh, yeah, there, you know, there's, there's opportunity out there. And I, I would encourage everyone first and foremost, not to quit your day job. It took me a long time before I did that, but uh, to, to go after it and always, always chase your passions for sure. Mitch Benjamin joining me here on the show, meet, M-E-A-T, meetmitch.com, the website, if you want to go ahead and check that out, if you haven't already. So let's talk about uh, this thing right here, Mitch, the barbecue Yeah, what revolution. a day, huh? How about that? We launched today, so <laughs> I have it in my hands. I'm sure a number of other folks have it landing on their front steps, stoops, and patios and the like here today as well. You know, I'm always interested to hear how book deals come together, and it's quite a, mm -hmm. a different world that we live in as it relates to books. You know, 15, 20 years ago, people were getting into doing books to make a living at it. You could get a good payday with that advance and, you know, kind of coast for the rest of the year. Now, I mean, you're a fairly high profile guy, the industry, successful restaurant owner, successful barbecue team, friend of George Brett doesn't hurt. Are you shopping <laughs> a book idea or are people coming to you, publishers coming to you saying, hey, me, uh, hey, Mitch, do you have a book in you? Well, I appreciate the question. And first and foremost, today was publication day, which is a real surreal event. You know, I never probably thought that I would ever have a day like this, but also with the power of Amazon, everyone received their books today on the same day. So I have had literally a just rolling uh, text messages and emails and uh, from everybody that I know and love just congratulating me filming themselves, opening up the box with the book in there. I mean, it's just insane. It's, it's been overload. It's been awesome. So I really appreciate all the support and love from everybody out there. How it came about was, was kind of unique. And you touched on it earlier. I had an opportunity to go to Paris, France and open up a barbecue restaurant with the team over there. Uh, upon returning, 
I brought Paul Patterson, the the head, my head chef over there with me. We went to um, Memphis in May, uh, got on stage winning two different events. It was just a Disney book kind of uh, story and it got headlines and a lot of press. And from there, I was contacted by two or three uh, book publishing companies. <laughs> so I, I didn't know how it would work really. Um, but one guy kind of, you know, I responded positively to all of them. One guy was a little more eager to help me figure out how to do it. And that was, uh, a guy from, uh, Harvard common press, which I figured that sounded pretty cool. You know, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, let's roll. So, uh, he helped me a ton. It was a unique experience because it was done during the pandemic where a lot of times your editor will travel and be with you during photo shoots and, and be able to really be by your side and help you a little bit more. Um, my first book experience ever. So I was kind of flying blind, but, uh, it turned out great. I had a lot of local support and, uh, you know, all that we could do through conference calls and zoom and stuff like that. So, um, I'm excited and today is the day it's born. So it's out there now. From a process standpoint, you've put together programs for competition barbecue. You've put together barbecue training programs for folks like you were talking about mm -hmm. on Zoom. You were you know, doing the whole tailor-made thing for 20 plus years doing it that way. Is this just a new process for you writing a book or was it something completely unexpected? Uh, or perhaps was it a lot, I don't want to say easier, but did it flow out of you a, a lot easier this time? It did. They give you some guidelines and then they try to give you some structure and help you uh, with that. I love the freedom that I had. I think that you, you've had the book now for a couple of weeks. Um, I think there's a wide variety of recipes. I was able to do pretty much anything that I wanted to do. And a lot of it doesn't necessarily mean your head's in a pit. You know, some of it are just things that I love to do at home with seafood characteristics and, you know, different things. So I loved all that. I loved the, you know, the opening paragraph before the recipe really to tell the story of why it's in the book and your experiences and things, why it means something to you, you know. Um, so that part was all fun. Uh, the editors do a lot to help you and putting it all together in the organizational st stage of the book. Um, I got to work with Isaac Longy, who is a, a buddy of mine and a, a local hero photographer here in Kansas City. So I thought it'd be cool as shit if, if Isaac took all the pictures, if George Brett wrote the foreword and I did the rest of it. I thought that would be a pretty cool deal. And that's what I got done. So I was excited about that. I'm sure it's like kids here, but is there a favorite recipe of the book that you have? I don't know. There's so many. I mean, there's about 78... 79 recipes in there. There's so many that I like. Um, I don't know. I'm, I like, I like the seafood crab, you know, crab cakes. I think those are amazing. I love just talking about, uh, you know, burn ends and grits. I love talking about all that kind of stuff, bow buns stuffed with pulled pork. You know, a lot of it is, I mean, we do, it's kind of three books in one. It's really, uh, uh, kind of a, an ode to competition barbecue and taking you through a day in the life and what we do and kind of giving you some time schedules and some things and uh, not not really a deep dive into it, but kind of. And it allows you to, you know, room to make your own interpretation of all of those kinds of recipes. And, uh, you know, and then it dives into, you know, our specialties that we have there that we've uh, 
uh, grown locally famous for, and then really what to do with the rest of your queue. I mean, I, I, typically buy a 14 to 16 pound brisket. And then after you've eaten a plate of it, you've got, you know, nine pounds of it in your refrigerator and your wife's like, what the hell are we going to do with this? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what? Are you just still going to slice it and eat it for a week? Yeah. So there's like tons of what to do with your cue, what to do with leftover ribs, pulled pork, brisket, burn ends, you know, some innovative kind of ideas of, of fun stuff to, to revitalize the meat that's sitting, sitting in your uh, refrigerator. Mitch Benjamin joining me here on the show talking about the book Barbecue Revolution. As Mitch said, it is born today. So if you didn't get your copy, go over to Amazon.com and order it up. Mitch, Dr. Barbecue says that the first book is always the easiest to write because you've accumulated the stories, the recipes, the life experiences, and now you have an outlet to unload them on. However, it's the second or the third or the tenth book that really proves who the writers really are. That being said, do you think you have another book or two or three in you, or is this a life experience? You've done it and probably never going to do that again. Well, that's funny you bring up Ray because um, I believe it was maybe his first book um, was the first time I've ever seen my name in a book. Because he listed his top 10 barbecue team names and Meet Mitch was in there and I almost fell off my chair. I remember <laughs> having cereal on a Sunday morning. I had purchased the book. I'm flipping through it. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm running around the house trying to get everybody to say, look what it says, look what it says. So that's awesome. Um, I I uh, focused on it and approached the book like it would be the only one that I ever did. Um, and I wanted to make it special from that perspective. Um, I think it was a lot harder than I ever anticipated. It took a lot longer. With COVID and the pandemic, there was probably different hurdles that we had to focus that uh, would have been easier in a, in a different time frame. Um, but now that it's done, you know, I just want to kind of get through this one. It's like opening a restaurant. We talked earlier, you want to open that first one. You want to write that first one and try to get it right and make it as perfect as you can. And if there's another one in there, there is. Um, uh, my wife's convinced that there is for sure. So we'll see what happens. I'll probably negotiate differently on the second one, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> the question that people always take me to task about, especially 10 years ago, was trying to squeeze what the advance out of somebody was. And in 2021, I think that's not necessarily a great question to ask. And I think the better question yeah. now is, is writing a book another way to get meet Mitch brand out in front of people that otherwise might have never yeah. seen it. And that, and Greg, that, that's the only reason you do it. I mean, I talked to uh, Chris Lilly. I talked to Jess Priles who had written hardcore carnivore. I talked to, you know, our mutual friends beforehand and discussed, you know, some of the numbers and things like that. And, and it's like, they're like, Hey, this is an opportunity for branding. It's an opportunity to build your, your, uh, portfolio um, and market your product. But if you think you're going to make money off the book, you've lost your mind. So that's, that's the way I approached it. And then that's exactly what I anticipate. So let's switch gears for a second, Mitch. Um, Char Bar, well-established, as you would talk about, you're back up and running now, which is great. And the last time that you were on the show, I think we were talking about an, some other restaurant that was going to be opening 
So I guess the question is, did that ever happen or did it get put on yeah, pause yeah. or where are we at with that? Well, there was a big pause and it was probably for the best. Um, if you were to take me back when we had closed out our, our last interview, I would have hoped that uh, Meet Mitch Barbecue would be open and running until we would have ran right into a pandemic. So <laughs> sometimes things happen for a good reason. Uh, we are in a build out mode of 90 to 120 days. Um, looking to open end of September, October 1st for the first Meet Mitch uh, barbecue branded restaurant. It will be in Leewood, Kansas, which is probably about 10 miles from Westport, uh, Kansas City, where Charbar is. And uh, it'll be a little bit different. It'll be fast casual. So it's, it's the idea of where you walk up and you see the cool menu board and you see some exhibition cooking, slicing, things of that nature. You can see the smokers, all that kind of stuff. You place your order, uh, you go sit down and then the rest is taken care of. You're served from there on out. There's a big bar. There'll be a big outside opportunity for fun just like charbar there'll be games there'll be bocce there'll be uh tvs fire pits you know all that kind of scene uh we've redesigned it three times throughout the pandemic really to take advantage of to-go orders uh to curbside stuff you know really you know worrying about covid 20 21 22 23 20, you know, all that kind of stuff um but i think barbecue was really one of the uh um you know, foods that, that survived well from a pandemic time where it could be curbside, it could be delivered, it could be things of like that. And it, it holds up well to, to, to delivery as opposed to, you know, sometimes cheeseburgers, fries and wings don't do as well. Is that something that anybody that's going to be opening a restaurant now should be taking into account now that we've been through oh, I think pandemic with, number one, you have doubt. to be pandemic compatible going forward. <laughs> yeah. I think you need to be vaccinated as a restaurant for yeah, sure. Yeah. No, you, you, you have to be thinking about that strategically. You have to be designing to that. Um, you need to be up to date with all the apps, all the delivery apps, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just a, it's a new dawn, and I think we'll go back. I see it today as 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 being normal again. But I think from a business, you have to be, uh, you know, in in tune with the to go business and the carry out business and the people that just you know wanted to go now. Will we recoup back to people going out as much as they were? I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Uh, Charbar, we're not we're not uh, quite at our 2019 numbers. Uh, we're not anniversarying them exactly, but we're not far off. Uh, and we're a big outside area with the games and the croquet course and the picnic tables and the bars. And uh, I just think, for me, maybe it's wishful thinking, but I'm a hundred percent think that we will get back to normal someday when this is in the rear view mirror for sure. I mean, we're just, we're humans. We just love our fun. 100% love our fun. From the Meet Mitch restaurant perspective, uh, is this just a one-off, something to complement Charbar or, or have a little bit of diversity between the yeah. two or is there a bigger end game? Uh, I would love a bigger end game, but first and foremost, um, you just want to make one and you want to make it as good as you can make it. And, uh, and if you can go from there, so be it. But right out of the gate, um, you know, the story is there's going, going to be one, but I would love to have more. And That's our number, me, I never end. 
That's right. Uh, and our number one, Mitch, Joe Davidson, Oklahoma Joe, if you've ever heard of him, said that he is going yeah. to be turning up at the American Royal this year and cooking. Will you be doing okay. the same? Um, that So the oh. Royal is oh. the second week in September, and that's exactly when our target date is to open. So I will probably uh, be down there as often as I can just to lend support to my buddies. Um, I entered, you know, entered the, the sauce and the rub competition, but from an actual cooking weekend, that's, uh, that's our target weekend. So I'm refraining this year with hopes of coming back next year with vigor in a huge party. Will you have any type of competition schedule or will the restaurant pretty much take that up once you are open? So in May, we did Memphis. Um, so we were in Memphis in May, had a ball. It was great to get back, to get on the river, see all the buddies. Uh, we did well. Um, but that's really the only uh, targeted or scheduled competition event that I have. I am heading to Fargo, North Dakota in a few days. Uh, Shields. I don't know if you've heard of Shields. It's a athletics yes, uh, store similar to like a Dick Sporting Goods. Um, they're hosting a barbecue university. They're bringing 15 of us in from across the country to educate their, uh, customer or their, uh, employees, and then to lead our own teams in an actual barbecue competition. So that's coming up quickly. So that will be a fun competition. That's not, you know, certified, but it'll be fun. But otherwise that will probably be the only one I'll do this year. And it'll be solely focused on getting the, the restaurant open. He's got a lot going on, folks. What can I tell you? The book is out right now, and you can get your copy, Barbecue Revolution. You can go to meetmitch.com, buy there. You can go to amazon.com. You can buy it there. Char Bar is open. Meet Mitch. The restaurant is going to be open here uh, end of September or October, so we'll see how that works out. And in the meantime, you can see what Meech, uh, Meech, we can see what Mitch is doing uh, through <laughs> social media. If you want to follow him over on Twitter or Instagram, he's all over there, too, at Meet Mitch. Meech, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mitch, appreciate. <laughs> I'm just going to call you Meech from now on. Forget Patsy, it's Meech. Uh, I appreciate the time. Uh, it's been a couple years, so uh, let's do this a little bit more regularly. Uh, success with the book, of course. And as soon as I get out to Kansas City, uh, we're going to hit it up and have a good time in the town. We're in. We're in. That All right, pal. Thanks great. for coming Thank on. You so much. I you really got it. appreciate the time. There he is, Mitch Benjamin, right there on the Barbecue Central show. The book is out, the char bar is open, the new restaurant is going to be happening, and you, my friends, are going to have an opportunity to win a copy of Mitch's book here in just one second. Once again, his website, meetmitch.com. You can follow him on socials at meetmitch. You can buy the book on the website, or you can go to amazon.com. And great insight, great to catch up with Mitch there. Enjoying a lot of success and working hard at it, too. So I love to see people that are working hard also getting rewarded for putting in the hard work. Stick around for your free opportunity to win Barbecue Revolution when we come back. Stick around. We'll do it here in just one moment. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. 
Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Wimpy. And this portion being brought to you by Vortic Watch Company, a small batch custom watch manufacturing and vintage restoration company located in northern Colorado. They take antique American pocket watches just like this one, turn them into wristwatches just like this one. Their mission to preserve and enhance the legacy of manufacturing excellence in America. In order to do that, they combine traditional and cutting-edge technology to create unique quality functional timepieces with exceptional value. And the coolest part is that each watch that Vortec makes is unique and one-of-a-kind. Vortec founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled, it was built. Check out VorticWatches.com for more information. And while we're up and ready, let's do this. Now's the time where we give stuff away. People give us stuff on the show to give away at no money for you. That's why it's free. Send an email on its way when I tell you to. That's why we give stuff away. Ooh, everybody's ready to get their hands on the latest barbecue book to hit the market today. As Mitch said, it was born today. Barbecue Revolution. Innovative barbecue recipes from an all-star pitmaster. Meet Mitch Barbecue and Charbar Smoked Meats and Amusements. They have such recipes as this. Smoked tri-tip steak. And various other recipes. If you would like a copy... Send me an email, and in the subject line, put Meet Mitch. Meet Mitch in the subject line. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. You can get your hands on a free copy of the new book by Mitch Benjamin, my last segment's guest, the Barbecue Revolution, Innovative Barbecue Recipes from an All-Star Pitmaster, currently available for sale on his website or on Amazon, but you can get a free one right now. Meet Mitch in the subject line, and we wish you good luck with that. Rick Stoltz won the... Black Smoke book. We'll get that out to him. Uh, at some point, uh, somebody won last week. Uh, Wally, I think. Wally, I have not. Andrew, you are not. I'm sorry. I have not sent out your book from last week, but uh, maybe tomorrow. There's a very good chance I get out. There. I got to go to Micro Center to get a new 10 terabyte hard drive. So I can have space on here. I'm not going to get into that on why we're going to do that. But what can I tell you? All right. Let's go ahead and wrap it up all the way back in the first hour. Who did we have? Malcolm Reed, of course. Yes. Then we had first timer of the show, Barbecue Hall of Famer, Joe Davidson, Oklahoma Joe. Second hour, Sam the Cooking Guy. And then closing out the show, or as we say, coming out of the bullpen, Mitch Benjamin from Beat Mitch. And we just gave away a copy of his book, and we do have a winner as we're getting ready to roll out. Somebody named Hootie. If it's the Hootie I know, he's from Pittsburgh, and he is an accomplished barbecue cook in his own right. Hootie, you win. So send me a subsequent email, and in the subject line, put Meet Mitch Winner. Meet Mitch. Mitch Winner, and I will make sure to send that book out to you. Rick, you will get a book, and Wally, you will get a book as well, even though I haven't set it out here. 
trust me, it'll get to you. Uh, thanks to Mitch and Adrian for giving me copies of books. There are more books coming in, if you can believe it or not, that we'll be giving away as gifts and free listening prizes. There is an ad-free podcast feed, if you want, over at the Patreon page, or you can subscribe directly through Apple Podcasts if you want to do that. Big show planned for you next week. Meathead in hour number one. Jim Clements in hour number two from Smoke Barbecue Source, amongst others. September 11th, 2000. September 11, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now. Hi, this is Jeff Richards, Columbus, Ohio. You're listening to Barbecue Central.